I'm sorry, could you ask me that question one more time? Could a... Oh, is this with the cold open? Great. Could a vampire policeman enter your house without a warrant? Or uh, with a warrant, rather? No, I don't, I don't think so, because they would need an invitation. Not... The warrant is not an invitation from the homeowner. Doesn't the government own our homes? Yeah. But if you're renting... If you're renting, does the... Does the vampire rule not count? Do they need it from the landlord or from the... From the resident? Shit. Do they need it from both? Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that burns down everything as we walk out the door. I uh, wish I could burn all that down. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, you're drunk. I'm buzzed. How many shots have you had? Four, but I'm six foot one and 220 pounds. I don't think that's how that works. Your size definitely matters. It matters, but that's a lot of alcohol right there. It's been a weird week, and sure. I wanted to party. That's fair. And we partied while watching Survivor. You cut yourself off. I did. I am ill. That's true. Yeah, welcome to welcome to Sick and Drunko, the podcast. It's, that's that's we're, us. We're meeting Survivor at the quality of the content it put out for this episode. Yeah, it's... uh. It's going to be an adventure getting through this one, but... Oh, my God. Hey, we're along for the ride, baby. How was your week, Steven? I've been ill. It's been the week. I've been ill and we're in crunch time for two shows. I make... I debut in not one, but two shows next week, and I... Not the time to be sick. That's true. Not the time, baby. Purge weakness from your body, you coward. I apologize for any coughs in advance, but here we are. How are you? Well, my diabetes is wireless now. <laughs> We've got full 5G. The so, vaccines worked. <laughs> that's actually something. So, the okay, where should I start? I've, as I've said a lot, type 1 diabetic, all that. There is a type of pump. And a pump is, God, I'm like, where do I have to start for people that aren't diabetic? A pump is basically a system that you hook up to your body. So it gives you a little bit of insulin, which is a chemical that breaks down carbs and keeps your body from falling apart. That all y'all's bodies do already. So you're the scientific drunk. Sure. Pump up the GM. Sorry, keep going. Okay. That is connected via a tubing that goes into like a site that injects it into my body. As of last Saturday, I got one that is wireless, i.e. it's it holds the insulin in itself. It's a little bulkier, but it's connected from a converted Android phone, which I'm really surprised the FDA let be a medical device. Ha. Huh. Very shocking to me. It still shows, like, this device is uh, monitored by your administrator and, like, doesn't let me do things that aren't the pump. But wild that the FDA was like, yeah, that's secure enough. You're good. But it's a pretty big, bulky thing on my arm. I have to change every couple days. And if anybody ever asks me what it is, I'm just going to say, I don't know. I got the COVID vaccine and it just kind of appeared. Oh, my God. We did microchipping, but now we're at macrochipping. Stop. Stop. Don't give people reasons. Oh, those people are too far gone. If they believe that, they're too far gone. Speaking of which, I did convince your fiancé earlier that uh, they had uh, metastasized insulin into a radio frequency. And that's how I was getting my insulin now. 
in their defense, they weren't really listening to me. Michaela's also very sick. Sicker than me. Okay, but even when Michaela's not sick, when I start talking about bullshit, they're not really listening to me. <laughs> They've tuned out Jared. Correct. <laughs> ah! Well, that's one way to deal with the bullshit. Stop listening. <laughs> and just agree. Yeah. Blindly agree. You got it. Wireless diabetes, baby. So we'll do the emails at the end of the episode. I say we jump right into it. Okay. Shall we? Yeah. Bumper. All right. This episode came out on January 19th of 2002. Two things I pulled from the week between episodes on this one. The European Union announces that Cyprus, the Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Malta, Poland, Slovakia, and Slovenia will become members on May 1st, 2004. Mm. That's pretty cool. Let me just pull all those USSR countries. They wanted to get away from being Soviet satellites. Oh, I wonder why. (laughs) I can't imagine why. Uh, Which one of those isn't on there? Ukraine? Huh. Uh, Weird. Oops. Whoopsie doodle. Uh, (laughs) The other one is Joe Strummer, British lead singer of the punk band The Clash, dies at age 50. Oh, that's sad. That's too young. That's too young. Punk is great. Also, the site I'm using references The Clash as Rock the Casbah, being like, oh yeah, you'll know them from this one song. I'm like, The the Clash is fucking famous. Why are you worrying about... They should be known for more than one song. Fair, but if you're pulling to, like, general audience... General audience? Yes. The top five movies of the time were Die Another Day at number five, Star Trek Nemesis, Drumline, Made in Manhattan, and that's M-A-I-D, which we'll go into in a second, and, of course, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. To show the power gap between those, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers is at nearly 14 million gross. Mm. Number two is at 1.5. That's a power gap. That's that's a huge gap. I think I actually know Made in Manhattan. Okay. What do you think it is? It's it's a rom-com about, and I want to say it's Jennifer Lopez, in she's either a maid and she, like, gets into a situation where she has to be a date of some rich and powerful person. That's pretty close. Okay. Yeah. The story of Marissa Ventura, Jennifer Lopez, nice shot. A single mother born and bred in the boroughs of New York City who works as a maid in a first-class Manhattan hotel. By a twist of fate and mistaken identity, Marissa meets Christopher Marshall, played by Ralph Fiennes. I don't know who that is. Heir to a political dynasty who believes that she is a guest at the hotel. Fate steps in and throws the pair together for a magical night of romance. When Marissa's true identity is revealed, the two find that they are worlds apart. It's not rated well. (laughs) 38% on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics. 44% 44% by the audience. That sounds about right. Yeah. Rom-coms for that time are kind of a dumpster fire. I'm trying to think of, like, a good one. I mean, there are some. I'm sure there are. But the ones that we've mentioned... All Ma- bad. Made in Manhattan, Sweet Home Alabama. People, Some people love Sweet Home Alabama. I'm aware. My sister loves Sweet Home Alabama. It was, like, her movie for a long time. I don't know. Did your sister have a crush on you? On me? Well, that's Sweet Home Alabama, baby. That's not what the movie is about. (laughs) That's not what the movie is about. I made Steven uncomfortable. Steven makes Steven uncomfortable. That's true. Anything else? 
Uh, the number one song was still Lose Yourself. Oh, okay. Cool. So nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. You go Marshall Mathers. Yeah. That was a question at our game show. It was. Yeah. When Steve and I ran a game show. I mean, yeah. Why didn't I bring in my water bottle? Oh, well. <laughs> Let's move on to the episode. The finale. This whole fucking episode and season is such a disaster. <laughs> the recap made you cringe. Just... All Everything th- about this whole episode made me cringe. Yeah, there's the, a lot. Let's okay. Let's let's get general vibes. General vibes. Thank you. We're gonna do this the entire episode. Every time you say general. Cool. So, just bad things from from this start to finish. The winner. I mean, yes, bad <laughs> things. But you saw that coming a mile away. The runner up. <laughs> that you didn't see coming necessarily. No, I definitely did. But you did say it in in our last episode when I I questioned you about it. So. Yeah. The only thing that you really got wrong was the order of the other two, yeah. which it didn't matter. I thought I put Jan as the final three because Helen was a better competitor, but I might be wrong. I edited it, and mm. I don't think you did, but okay. who who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Helen is so good, and she's so wasted on this season. Helen and Shean are the best things to come out of this season. Yep. And it shows. Man... I am excited to talk about the reunion, though. <laughs> okay, then we'll... we'll keep, and the final tribal. We'll keep moving on, then. We start the episode, Clay's like, hey, we knew the whole time we were getting rid of Ted. We were planning this from a mile away. Which also tells me that the editors did a better job than what they were given. Because, mm. like, there was some... By the time that Ted got voted out, the episode Ted got voted out, there wasn't really that much doubt. But earlier in the season, there was doubt. And from Clay's perspective, although Clay could be lying, I don't think he's a reliable narrator... It sounds like it was planned a long time ago. I think it was. And they didn't show us that, and that's probably for the best? Because the season was already fucking predictable. Sure. Leave a little bit of doubt. But, and we'll talk about it later, they fucked up their chance to change the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, it's a numbers game. You you could say that at any point. Sure. You fucked up your chance to, to do something. Oh, well. Just for Jan and Helen. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Brian, Final Four sounds like a basketball tournament. You're right. That's what that is. Thank you. <laughs> that's Brian's attempt at making a human connection. I am human. I have seen the March Madness. Haha. Sports ball. Everyone called Brian a slimy used car salesman, and I was <laughs> living for it. We're not there yet. Okay, fine. Day 37. 12 Lotus Boats for each of the voted out players. We're making Lotus Boats. Did you think, oh, this is too early? Yeah, sure did. Did you think, huh, why are they doing it this early? Sure did. Oh, well, that's good, because they didn't actually do it. They just made all the boats, except they didn't send them out yet. Why did they make them a day early? This challenge, so I, so other final challenges have taken a lot of the day, uh-huh. and they've still fit in. Like, remember Australia, they sat by the fucking waterfall for, like, three hours? Or, like, Africa, they took this big old hike. Like... This one, they're like, no, no, we don't have time for that. we got to build all of the boats except for one ahead of time. Oh, but the challenge is actually only going to be 14 minutes. <laughs> so why didn't they just build them the next morning? I'm going to go with two things. The first one, I think that they planned this well. I think that they knew the, the actual designing and the creative part of building these floats would take more time than they wanted it to. You know what would have been better? Go on. They all had to make their own as well. 
And then it's like, okay, if you're still here tomorrow, you know, destroy your own because you're still here, but make it now. Deal with your own mortality. Exactly. Let's go. But also, too, I don't think they expected that challenge to go as short as it actually did. I don't know how they didn't, man. That was a tough fucking challenge. It's fucking brutal, and we'll get to that. But man, holy shit. So they're told, hey, build these boats. For a lot of people, they don't know, by the way. Truth. Do they know who Jed is? No. Do they know who Stephanie is? God, no. Do they know anything about Rob other than he tried to strangle Clay to death? I would like to know who built Rob's boat. We didn't say. The only one we specifically went out and said was Gandia's was made by Clay, which is all in all super gross gross, because he was like, I'm being nice making Gandia's since no one else will do it. Disgusting. I feel like... Helen definitely would have taken it upon herself to build it. I think Helen and Jan, or I guess I don't know where Jan sits. I think Jan is a space cadet that is on a different planet and is having, like, ayahuasca hallucinations at this point. (laughs) But, like, Helen doesn't want to do anything to stick herself out at this point. That's fair. And so when when Clay decides he's going to do it, it's like, all right. That's my headcanon for for Helen. Why why put yourself in an argument when... That's the one straw that could break the camel's back. Yeah. And by all means, she thought she was safe, so... Not like Clay's been volatile or anything. Ha. Ha. Anyway, they get what looks like foam. Almost like a a styrofoam, like stuff you would make packing peanuts out of. Mm Mm-hmm. And like flowers and decorations and toothpicks? Just kidding, they're needles. They're pin pin cushion needles. Yeah, they're fucking, yeah, it's like sewing needles. That they use as toothpicks. Ugh. Jed was rolling in his grave. The dentist amongst them. Ah! Oh, come on, you don't stab your gums on accident for fun? Only on purpose. Oh, okay. Concern. Anyway, Brian gives a, a confessional about we're in business mode. This confessional is... Every confessional he has in this finale is completely manic unhinged. Yeah. This one, though, he... We're watching American Psycho. Correct. What the fuck? It's one of the few times that I think the... the well, it's expressly stated, but I think the outcome of the game would have changed drastically had people been able to see what was going on. If they saw Brian's confessionals, him drop the mask he had up all season, yep. I think it probably would have been like 7-1. I agree. Unfortunate that they put him up against one of the other more most unlikable people on the planet. Steven, I need you to tell me right now. Okay. Brian and Clay don't come back, right? So we're moving on. Uh, I in- hate Steven so much. Immunity challenge. We're down to the final four immunity challenge. We get the tree mail that's like, hey, here's this thing. You get a second chance to do all these things. And Brian's like, it's obvious what this challenge is. And Clay's like, what is it? No, I think it's Helen says, what is it? And Clay says... No, his exact words were, what? Who is it that has an idea that's totally... Oh, somebody says, thinks it's trivia. I thought that was you. I thought one of them implied it was trivia. Okay, I, uh, I don't know. It was like, somebody said, like, testing our knowledge on previous things or something sure. like that. They fl- they floated some ideas. Anyway, it's it's the second chances game. Yeah, it's leftovers. Yeah. We're playing 
little bits of each challenge that we've done before. And this is a well-made challenge. It is. It actually is. So you have digging up a wicker ball, you have a balance beam, you have a slide puzzle, you have the feeding the wicker ball through the the rope thing. Did they put Brian's wicker ball in the center of the earth? <laughs> he had to dig down to like his shoulder to get that thing. Yes, because they didn't want him to win. They did not want Brian to win. I, I fully think production did everything <coughs> they could to stop Brian from winning this game. And unfortunate, it didn't work. Unfortunate. Anyway, they do have the jail cell where you have to build a, a, an extension to grab your key. And the finale, a food item that's a mystery. It was always going to be a tarantula. It's a mystery. I knew from moment one it was a tarantula. I was like, what was the end of the last one? Oh, yeah, great. Cool. It's a mystery. <laughs> anyway, Jeff's phoning it in. Jeff, oh, he doesn't give a fuck. Jeff does not care two shits about this challenge. We, we start the challenge. Everyone's digging their hole. Like you said, Brian has to dig all the way to the center of the earth. He actually had one funny moment where Jeff's like, keep digging, guys. And Brian's like, to China? <laughs> and I was like, no, Brian, I think that's season seven. I don't know. I feel like that's a joke that would land in the U.S., but you're in Thailand, so that does not, Correct, that does yeah. not work. If you're trying to dig directly through the planet, you'd get somewhere around South America. Mm, Canada. Think about China and America, uh -huh. and then go down to Thailand, so you go up to Canada. Yeah, well, the China analogy doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. If you're digging straight through the center of the earth, it'd be more closer to Australia than Are you a flat China. earther? Are you a flat earther? Because this is a globe. Yeah, going yeah, yeah. through the middle of the earth. Uh -huh. So you have to go through the hemisphere. Correct. To the southern hemisphere. Uh, I guess, yeah, okay, okay. Okay. China is I, in the northern hemisphere. I misunderstood you. I thought you were saying Thailand to Australia. Oh, and I no, was no, like, no. Stephen. It'd be Thailand to South America-ish. That's on the same hemisphere, though. That's both southern hemisphere. Is Thailand in the su southern hemisphere? Pretty sure. All right, hold it's on. It's below China. We have to, we have to Google this. <laughs> this is map. very important. I swear to God, this is driving me nuts. Yes, Thailand is in the northern hemisphere. Wait, really? Yes. It's right here. It is below Wait, China. No, no, that is... That is the... This is... This oh, this is, is the equator. equator. I thought this was the equator. Correct. Out of the corner of my eye. Yep. Okay. Equator runs through South America. Barely. So wow. Its flip side would be somewhere around Peru. Wow. There's so little of the world that's on the Southern Hemisphere. That is true. But mostly because I feel like we just ignore Antarctica. Well, yeah. Nobody lives there. Of course. It's in, I mean where people live. It's uninhabitable. This is great podcast content. Okay, we need to move on. <laughs> anyway. Brian's digging to Peru. <laughs> the biggest takeaways from this challenge, Helen can't balance on a balance beam. Oh, she's so bad at it. Jan is actively trying to kill herself. <laughs> Suicide by challenge. Sorry, unalive herself. Mm -hmm. We'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> Clay almost runs away with this challenge, but forgets that he can't do a puzzle. I literally wrote down, did they grease the balance beam? <laughs> I hope they did, because that would be really funny. It'd be hilarious. It'd be so funny. And because Clay can't do a simple puzzle, Brian catches up, does the slide puzzle, and then runs away with the rest of the challenge. Which, to be fair, it didn't really matter which of Clay or Brian won. It's true. I mean, in retrospect, it didn't matter who won this challenge, as long as... It wasn't Helen? It wasn't Helen. And really, then it would just be Jan going home. Correct. Probably. 
No, 100%. It would have been, yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's how they lined it up. <sighs> this season, man. This season, man. And uh, one last final line. Brian gets a full tarantula, and Jeff says, let me see that whole mouth. Let me see that whole mouth. Let me baby. see that whole mouth, baby. What that mouth do? Uh, enjoy that. Brian wins! There's something very unsettling about the way Brian walked from part of, like, parts of this challenge to the other parts of this challenge. There was no urgency. It was just mechanical, and there was no light behind his eyes. He is the most most methodical person I have ever seen, and it's it's terrible. It's almost Terminator. I was gonna say, he's the fucking Terminator walking from, like, challenge to challenge. And I did note, it's not, it's all over the episode, so I'm just gonna say it here. All of his confessionals in the finale look like he filmed them himself. Like, it looks like he set up a camera and filmed them himself because the camera people weren't comfortable being around him. They're all in, like, they're very close up. They are not framed very well. It's intentionally upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Uh Uh-huh. I think the camera crew figured out a long time, like, very shortly after the game started. He's been saying sociopathic shit to them for 39 days. Yeah. So let's just stop filming him from a, a, a good light. Let's stop filming him from upwards down. Let's film him looking up at him because that gives him the more maniacal look. We need to get to the end of this episode so I can hear Brian's fucking life after this. Hee <laughs> hee. Helen hates to lose. Just upset. She knows, like, eh. I didn't win this, so I might be on the chopping block, but she doesn't act on these instincts. So Brian and Clay start talking, and they're like, hey, we want Helen out. Jan, the vote's Helen. And Jan also, instead of, like, looking at this situation where she's getting actively bullied into voting, Jan doesn't want to do this. Okay, so previously, yes, Ted, Helen, and Jan should have taken Brian and Clay out. Uh Uh-huh. I think this was the right play for Jan. I think Vodier Helen was the right play for Jan. And I'll explain why, and we talked about it during the episode a little bit. Yes. But if you go to rocks, Brian is still immune, right? Immunity doesn't go away with rocks. Okay. Uh-huh. So you have a 33% chance that you're going home. Uh-huh. A 33% chance that you end up in the same result anyway, or a 33% chance that Clay is going home. Mm-hmm. So 66% chance that you are either in the exact same spot or a much better spot. Or a exact same spot or a much worse spot. Sorry, I mean going home. 33% chance that's a much better spot. So, at that point, I can kind of understand wanting to put your game on winning that next immunity challenge, not knowing at the time what that immunity challenge is going to be. Mm-hmm. Because I think if it was a much, if it was like any of the other ones before that, where it's stand and like lock it in, but like not this, I mean, the challenge was 14 minutes. Like it is a strength challenge, not an endurance challenge. Jan has a shot. I I fully believe that Jan has the willpower to make it, probably not more than Brian. I don't think she realizes that he's a, a sociopath that can astral project his spirit out of his body. Ah. But I can understand why she would try that. Sure. I see what you're saying. I actively disagree. That's fine. I, I'm i the person who's sitting there thinking, 
okay, I could ride this and maybe have a shot, or I could take it into my own hands and make something happen. Or you're just as likely to go home. Fine. If I'm going home, I'm going home on my own merits. But isn't go isn't competing in a challenge and trying to win that challenge going home on your own merits? If I'm me, yes, absolutely. <laughs> if I'm <laughs> if you're Jan, a 65-year-old woman. <laughs> from what I've seen on Survivor beforehand, there's absolutely no way in hell I'm beating Brian in that yeah. in any sort of physical challenge. That's true. Cuz they've they've not shown anything so far that it's like, "Hey, it's going to be a mental final challenge." Haha. Yeah. Like, no, it's not It's not happening. That's true. Poor Jan. She probably tried to give him Lex versions of food poisoning. <laughs> he, that's true. She's like, don't worry, Brian, I cooked tonight. <laughs> no, I'm not having any. I'm full. Oh, <laughs> uh, shoot. I ate while I was cooking. Please, ignore yeah. the laxatives in there. Yeah, so Brian's just like, hey, Jan's my ace in the hole. And then they just steamroll her. It, yeah. They're just like, hey, you're going all, along with us, or it's you, so. And I don't remember where this is said, but I wrote down, basically Brian tells us, no, I didn't lie to anyone, because truth is a construct. <laughs> like, that's not, what, that's not word for word what he says, but he basically tells us that, like, truth is whatever I make it. It's horrifying. The final tribal, both... Brian and Clay very much avoid the word lie. I wrote this down before the Helen vote. So, like, that's how early he's talking about this. Correct. They use the word untruth. Yeah. Which is some... 1984 bullshit. I mean, 2020 election bullshit. Not true. It's it's political games. It's exactly what it is. Yep. Anyway, we get to tribal. Oh, before that, Jan's gonna unalive herself. I forgot why. I don't know. She's feeling... The drama of the vote, I think. She, yeah, she's feeling stressed. Yeah. She doesn't like it. I will say, at least they aren't... Like, at least... They aren't pretending like there's honor. Like, there are... Each one of them in their confessionals, to a point, all four of them are like, this is a cutthroat game and I am playing for me. Yeah. And I'm like, good. Good. Good do, for you. If that. one thing comes out of this season, let it be that this is an individual game... And alliances are teams of convenience. Yeah. So, we get to tribal. Ted looks like a different human. Yeah. He shaved his beard, and suddenly you realize how skinny he actually is. He looks like a bowling pin. Ah! ah. Jeff, Jeff takes this opportunity to be like, Yo, you lied. Like, you told Ted that everything was, was all good, and you were going to bring him home and uh you lied to him and brian's like no i have not lied i may have changed my mind that's what i that's what i wrote down in response to yeah yeah i didn't lie because truth is a construct (laughs) and like the whole time brian's playing the victim like he had been deceived and it's just it's wild to me how you can flip something on its head because i think it's almost like playing the jury but it's not, because it's terrible. Yeah. One thing I'm very thankful of is that the jury saw through Brian's bullshit. Yes. I didn't think they did. And they didn't as much as they thought they did. Correct. We hear in the reunion. But, man, did they know that Brian was full of shit still. <laughs> he, he, when he votes out Helen, 
he says, oh, don't worry. This is just simple cause and effect. Yeah, you caused this. You caused this This was your fault. What the fuck kind of serial killer bullshit is that? He he, he has some some issues. Dude, all you have to say is, we got this far. One of us has got to go home. Yeah. Matt, you're a stronger competition than Jan. Bye. Like, why do you have to make it so personal? Because it's Brian. You're right. Mad respect, but girl, you gotta go. Nope. I'm going to murder you. This You did this to me. Is the reason why no one from Thailand comes back is because Brian systematically murdered them one at a time? I mean, it's not not that. <laughs> anyway, Helen gets voted out three to one. Jan does go along with it, yeah. and it's fucking wild. And Helen votes Jan. Yeah. Like, they were totally played. They I were. love Helen. She's my favorite person on the season. Does Helen come back? Probably not. Helen does not come back. Yeah, I didn't think so. Helen is gone. Helen, as I pull up my notes. The only thing I think is that maybe she came back in a second chance season, but yeah. she That sucks. She deserved... So I can understand why the early seasons have so many people on All-Stars, Partially because you want to, you want them to play again now that the game has changed mm-hmm. and is formed. Like you want to see what Sue does in a modern, in a quote unquote modern survivor game by season eight. But man, Helen deserves it more than Sue. <laughs> like come on. Yeah. So Helen, Helen goes home. Helen reinvents her career essentially, going from. Navy swim instructor to a a talk show host, a morning talk show host on a radio station. Oh, okay. And a, I don't know, apparently does like a, a decent job. Popular talk show host and former attorney general Arlene Violet interviewed Glover about her survivor experience and suggested she started filling in. She wound up with her own show. Neat. Yeah. You would probably not like this show because... Uh, She's, like, super conservative. That doesn't shock me at all. It was provocative and not afraid to tackle controversial subjects, such as immigration. The Uh station let her go in 2013. So, I mean, that's like a... For a a controversial host, to hold that spot for eight years is pretty impressive. Yes, but... How controversial do you have to be to be let go for your views on immigration in 2013? I'm going to continue reading this. They they decided they didn't want my opinion, she said of the station. I'm a conservative. You know how well that goes over in Rhode Island. Yikes. Since then, she has been thoroughly enjoying life, dividing her time between Portsmouth, Camden, Maine, and Hawaii, where she was born. Don't say I'm retired, she says. I'm on hiatus. From what? Working. Okay. Yeah. Although... Glover, at the time, now 62, no, this is in like 2017, no longer competes. She remains physically active, swimming, walking, and hiking. Walking six miles a day is not unusual for her. I'd love to find someone to walk with me, she said. Everyone tells me they can't keep up. And travels a lot. So yeah. Okay. There you go. Maybe yeah. I'm glad she didn't come back. That's fun. And then here's just a picture of her. That's cute. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's living her life. Good for her. That's Helen. She gone. Wasted on this season. Does not come back, Survivor. Sorry. I agree. Wasted on this season. Moving on 
We get back to camp. Oh, by the way, now you have to make Helen afloat. Hilarious. Since you uh, you noticed that you made all of these, but you didn't send them off, tonight you have to make Helen afloat. <laughs> this just feels so messy. It is messy, Jared. Poorly planned, to say the least. And I, the sad part is, I don't think it was poorly planned. I think they knew exactly what they were doing, but... It, no, no, I don't think they forgot. Like, I don't think it's one of those things where they're like, oh, crap, now we gotta do hell. I just think it was a bad idea from the start. <laughs> so we wake up. Jeff tows in a canoe with three umbrellas very early in the morning. And they have to go out and they have to canoe their way down a river. Let these floats go. We have our, our beautiful montage. This music slaps. It does. It's so fucking good. Any takeaways you want from the, the montage here? We saw very little of most of the people, to be perfectly honest. Like, I'm trying to remember, we laughed at some of them. The Rob ones were hilarious. They picked, like, his worst moments and were like, all right, this is who this guy is. I feel like Aaron got, like, it was like, oh, there's her boobs. Yep. Cool. And that's all we saw of her. Those are the only two that really jumped out to me, I think. But you're going to say a couple and I'm going to remember all over again. No, the biggest one that I wanted to hold on to was Rob had the worst shots. Yep. Just all of them were terrible. Everyone has like redeeming or like some emotional shots going on. Rob's were all terrible. They showed him choking Clay. Yeah. As one of his shots. And two, we have to show Tanya vomiting. I'm sorry. Yes. Tanya. Tanya vomiting. Tanya vomiting. Because that's all we knew of her. Yep. It's just illness. And then... We pull into a cave. This cave is metal as fuck. It is metal as fuck. And this unlocked a core memory within Steven. <laughs> so I I knew exactly where I was when we pulled into this cave. I We pulled into this cave. It shows the cave. It shows the candles. And I'm like, I know this challenge. I know where I was when I was watching this in 2002. It was beautiful. It was a great little moment for me and no one else. And then I leaned over to you and I was like, this is about to be the most fucking brutal challenge in the history of Survivor. Yeah, this thing's wild. Yeah. This challenge fucks. So we pull in. Jeff's like, ah, casual. Look at this beautiful cave. It's great. It's 105 degrees in here. It's fucking hot. Jesus Christ. You've been canoeing for hours and now it's 105 degrees. Which is wild because you're out of the sun and it's 105 degrees. It's got to be humidity, right? It's got to be humidity. I'm wondering if there's like a little bit of like magma heat. Sure, yeah, some type of yeah volcanic activity. Yeah, makes sense. And he's like, "Hey, this is where the pirates used to live back when the pirates were here. They would hide out and store all their shit here." Cool. Oh, by the way, here's the challenge. We have these what are essentially torture racks that you will be placing <laughs> yeah. yourself into. You're gonna have coins between. The slots between your fingers, you have six coins, and as soon as you drop all six of them, you're out. Which is wild, because I thought it'd be as soon as you drop one. So as, as long as you're holding on to one, you're fine. So you could theoretically, I don't know if it'd help you at all, you could drop one hand's worth. Yeah. You should be like, fuck it, I, this, I'm going to not worry about this hand. I wonder, too, because I, I wonder if they would have had to make you keep that hand up. Probably. But at least you would have to keep, like, the tension in it, right? To hold the coins. You would just, right. like, let those coins fall and, like, relax that hand. Yeah. It's a shame that that never came into play in the challenge. 
<laughs> okay, so we get like three minutes into the challenge, and Jeff's like, Jan, what are you going to do when you get home? And everyone has a response, but Jan's, I think, is the best. Mm-hmm. Jan's like, hey, I, I have two beers, one in each hand, a full pizza, and I'm going to steal a cigar off of some dude. Just some guy. Yeah, just some guy. I'm going to bum his cigar. Like, Jan, you could just buy your own cigar. No! Okay, that's fine. It's the theft that makes it taste good. We move over. Brian, what would you do? I'm relaxing. Don't interrupt me. I'm relaxing. Brian cannot feel human emotion. Clay, what's going on with you? Ah, I can't wait to hug my wife. Cool! No, it was, my wife's going to have a pie for me. Oh, really? She's going to make something fattening. I told her when she picks me up from the airport, she has to have a pie in the passenger seat. Oh, I don't remember that. I'm glad I don't. That's (laughs) that's pretty... I will say, fuck Clay. It came off as more endearing than, like, like a thing of, like, I will need food so bad. Yeah. As opposed to, like, she's my wife, so she's got to be in the kitchen, you see? Yeah. See? Fuck Clay, but that moment was endearing. Okay. Uh, Maybe I just took the emotion behind it and ignored everything that he was saying. That's for the best. Yeah. So... This challenge does not last as long as I want it to. 14 minutes and 12 seconds. Or like 20 Tw- seconds. 12 minutes and 15 seconds. That's close enough. Sure. Jan drops, dr- like, just gives out. It's not like a single coin drops and, like, you you start to, like, shake and adjust. No, Jan drops it all. Because, I mean, you are in a prisoner squat, so you're, you're squatting. Your arms are practically above your head. Yeah. The position looks terrible. Yeah. So Jan gives up. Clay immediately gives up, knowing that he's essentially won. Yeah. So Brian gets immunity. And the season's done, and nothing else happens, so... All right. Uh, so long, y'all. See you later. Good We're night. Head home. <laughs> yeah. A- everyone knows where this is going. Jan knows where it's going. Clay knows where this is going. Yeah. It's it's over. Jan Jan's like, I had to win that. You did. You absolutely did. I literally wrote down at this point, it sucks that someone has to win. It sucks that of the people that we've gotten... We've of the two won. left. Yeah. Someone has to win. Someone has to win. And so they... where's Jan now? Jan, I honestly, I didn't find a whole lot about Jan. Let me let me pull up my notes here. There was a, a cool interview uh, with Jan and two other Survivor contestants. Survivor female contestants from the Tampa Bay area. But this was in 2013. So Jan was 64 at the time. And she would now be 74. Yeah. So I imagine Jan's not doing a whole lot of, like, running around. I'm guessing she doesn't come back. She does not come back. Jan, Jan's all done. But yeah, if, if you have information about Jan out there, send it to me. Because I, I imagine she she's lived, like, a cool and interesting life. Probably. I just... Probably out of the spotlight. Oh, I do think it's a little silly that they have Brian go and write down the vote, or that they have any final three person write down the vote. Like, just have him say it. We don't need the pop and circumstance. It's one vote. We That's know right. who it is. There's no hiding it. We did talk about this, and I said to you that it does kind of change later. Interesting. That there is, someone has to say things to people's face. mm it just feels better. Like, there's no reason. It, we all know it's Brian's choice. Mm-hmm. 
So why are we hiding it behind a written vote? I mean, I guess giving it some time to deliberate on his own isn't terrible, but yeah. It's the pomp and circumstance behind it. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, and nobody saw it coming. He votes Jan out. Oh no. Crazy, right? Now, nothing else in this episode matters until the final tribal. I agree. Am I wrong? Like, the rest of this episode is, like, the two two most despicable people we've seen on Survivor talk about how cool it's been. Yeah. Kind of, but mostly just be like, all right, this is how I win. Yeah. All right. So let's let's jump to Final Tribal. I think that's, that's a good thing to do. One, I thought it was funny that Brian brings the guitar. You, you made a good point that, like, it's... They have to bring all their stuff. You have to bring everything. Yep. There's, there's no going back after this. Although, here's the thing. We have never seen Brian bring a guitar to tribal before. He's never been in danger before. But that's so fucking cocky. It worked. He won. Yeah. But that's insane. I get it. He has never once felt in danger, and he shouldn't have. Well, he's never once felt anything. He never got a vote. It's true. He's a perfect winner, technically. Even... At times where he was, like, not in control of the vote, he, he was never in danger. Yeah. So, I, I don't blame him. He had nothing to worry about. There, there is something amazing, right, about the fact that, like, objectively, if you didn't see who Brian was, mm-hmm. if you just laid out his season, you'd be like, this is a really good survivor player. This is probably one of the best. And then you watch the season, and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. No. He's not really that good, is he? Like, he's okay. He's the best of this season, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. But he's kind of a monster and doesn't ever, like, he's always in the power position, but is never, you're right, he's never under any threat. Yeah. So we get our opening statements. First, Clay goes, and you made a good point of asking, how do they decide who goes first? And I think I think it's who who won immunity goes second. Part of me thinks it's arbitrary, and that Jeff just decides. I'm trying to remember, it, like in the previous seasons, I don't remember though. I honestly, in the long term of things, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, I mean, who has the last word in an opening in an opening speech would matter. I think it matters, but sure, it doesn't this time. I, yeah, yeah. What did you think of their opening speeches? Let me recap first. Clay's like, I'm a lucky guy. We're people, not pieces of a puzzle. Like, it's hard to judge everything by what's going on here. I had to tell some untruths. And $1 million at the age of 46 would change my life. That's his opening statement condensed into minor things. Several things. Several things. $1 $1 million is going to change your life no matter what age you're at, for the most part. Sure, if you're like 95, I guess it's not going to. Unless you're a millionaire. Sure. But like... They're the not age, people. The, yes. And age doesn't come into that, right? If you're 13 or 63, like it doesn't... Any time in there, it's going to change your life, depending or not, depending on your like your money. Not your age. Why does being 46 matter? Secondly... This kind of sets up the tone of what the tribal is going to be of like, <laughs> glass houses, am I right? <laughs> oh, we all had to do some crazy shit out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great, but it's it could only get worse. 
Brian. Brian's like, hey, it's been a pleasure. I led this game through my merits. I felt like I did the work. I had a positive outlook on a daily basis. I made sure you all had food every night. I took care of you. In the end, I want you to feel good about whoever you vote for. There's the so much false humility in both of these statements, too. Mm -hmm. It's really gross. It's gross, but it works. Does it? Kind of. Almost everyone says, God, I just have to pick one of these two people. Yeah. Yeah. So we move on to the questions. We start out hot and we only get hotter. This is, I think, one of the most important question segments we've ever seen. Agreed. And there's no bullshit arbitrary questions Agreed. like pick a number. God, I hate that shit. That drives this me This tribal council was great. Mm -hmm. And I don't love the idea of a bitter jury. Usually, if you have a player like Lex, for example, uh -huh. who is manipulative but not a sociopathic monster, I don't like a bitter jury taking away their possible win. He didn't make the final two, but I'm using that as an example of somebody that is more shady, manipulative, like lying a little bit, um, and still I think would be a deserving winner, versus Clay and Brian, who are both just fucking assholes to everyone around them. We see that with Penny's question. Brian didn't know a single fucking fact about Penny, which we'll get to. Yeah. Brian saw these, did not see these people as people. I don't know if he can, is that, if that's something that he is actually capable no, of. they're sheep to him. And they saw that. Yeah. And they tore him down for that. And if there's one thing that this season has done, it has shown future competitors that ruthlessness will get you really far. It might even win you the game if you're with somebody equally shitty but you also have to be a likable person. Like, you have to ride that line. Like, we've seen people win because they didn't have a lot of gameplay, but they were likable, i.e. Ethan. Now we've seen somebody win because they were the best of two awful options that just was front-stabbing everybody and nobody liked. Yeah. And I'm okay with this bitter jury because they deserve to be bitter. Yeah. I, I agree. So, first questions from Aaron. And Aaron has a really nice question. It's a great question. Why do you think the other person doesn't deserve it? This should be the first question of every final tribal. Why? Not, don't tell me why you think you deserve it. Why is the person sitting next to you, why the fuck should they not get this money? Tear down the other person's game yeah. right now. Best moment Aaron's had all season. Only moment Aaron's had all season. Brian responds, Clay didn't put in the effort. He coasted his way through this game. Clay responds, he thought he was the leader. He thought he was doing everything for you guys. Clay's answer is so weak. Yeah, Clay has a weak answer. Aaron still votes for him. Aaron still votes for him. I think that's not because of this question, because I, I don't agree. think either of them had a great response. I think Brian's is clearly better. Brian's is the obvious one that uh -huh. everyone already knew going in, and mm -hmm. Clay's is... Clay's is almost a good answer. Like, it misses the mark, but it's so close. Like, getting at the, like, he's an egotistical maniac... He he manipulated everyone in really like kind of gross outside the game ways, like ah so close. Yeah, but I don't think Clay has the ability to put that into word. Because no, I also don't think he knows. Well, he probably doesn't know either. But he, yeah, no, Clay doesn't have the emotional intelligence for that. Are you kidding me? No. Two from Ken. I never lied. I kept my integrity. Tell me why Ted had to go. Speaking to Brian specifically. Yeah, tell me why 
Ted needed to be voted out. Tell everyone what you told me. Yeah. About why Ted needed to go. Why the fuck does Ken not tell us? That's a good question. I don't know. He could have, because Ken votes for Clay, right? Yeah, Ken votes for Clay. Correct. He could have, I don't know what was said. I hope you do. I hope an email says it. But like, it sounds like it could have blown up Brian's entire fucking game. I wish I would know what it was. Ken hiding on some honor bullshit. Do you think if Ken had seen the season, uh-huh. he would have just said it? I think so. I think so too. I think the reunion, everyone is appalled by what they saw from Brian yeah. through the season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think everyone watched the show and was like, fuck, we fucked up. Yep. We fucked up hard. Yep. And the response that Brian gives is he's like, I never said that. He's arguing with this jury member saying, you said this thing to me. He's like, no, I didn't. And Ken's like, yeah, you did. Like, uh, he was an outsider. We had to get rid of him because he was different. What does that mean, Brian? What does that mean, Brian? Are you saying that there's something about him that might make him a little bit of an outsider? I was wondering if it was like the sexual assault thing, but I don't think that was it. That is a thing that you could double down on. That is the thing that you could take and be like, there was this incident and it was like a big deal and it kind of separated him from us. Yeah. But we'd never had the chance to vote him out until later. It made camp weird. Yeah. That's something that you could put forward. But then Brian would have to see women as people. And you're isolating Ted's vote, too. Yeah. Yeah. Penny, did you bother to get to know me? This is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, I was there. I spent time with you. Did you Did you know who... Did you spend time with me? Did you... Where did I come from? Brian folds like a cheap fucking suit. Holy shit. Uh, you're from uh, Texas, from uh, Beaumont. Like... Nope, that was Jake. Jan. Oh, Jan, you're yeah. right. Yeah. How many siblings? Or am I. Uh, do I have an older brother? Do I, says, yeah, do I have other siblings? Yeah, he's like, you have an older brother. Nope, I'm the oldest. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Brian flounders, and Clay comes in and swoops this and, like, aces it, essentially. Yeah. Clay tells us in the reunion that he worked hard to get Penny's vote when she went on the jury, and it yeah, shows. It shows, and he does a great job on this. Yep. Moving on. Jake, why did you feel threatened about what I had said? This one's pointed at Clay. At Clay. And it's right to be pointed at Clay. Yeah. This is where Clay fucked up. So, th- yeah, you're right, because the end, the final vote ends up being 4-3, which I had predicted almost every single vote, which tells you how bad this season is. I predicted every single vote correctly except for Ted's. And Clay, well, and I didn't vote for her. I didn't guess Aaron's because she, I don't, I, I don't know who she is. That's the running joke of the, of the podcast, so yeah. Who is Aaron? Clay, he somehow lost Final Tribal on like day 28, <laughs> like whenever that was. Like, he's getting so worked up about Jake's comment that was not pointed at him at all. Had nothing to do with what was going on. Lost him a million dollars. Yeah. And then doubling down on it. It's fucking wild. All of it. Just wild. And his remark in the reunion is weird, too, of like, oh, we're from the same neck of the woods. Like, people get in arguments like that all the time. I thought it wasn't nothing personal. Like, you also can't just 
double down, though. Like, listen, I come from a, a under middle... Under. What? A land down under? No, I come from Michigan. Oh, okay. But from a lower than middle class family. And that is a thing. Like, we will yell at each other and argue with each other, and then it comes out in the wash. But you can't keep doubling down. At some point, you have to, you have to like, move past it. Yeah. Clay hasn't. He and doesn't. Jake hasn't. So why do you think that's going to be the outcome? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you here. It's, it's bad, and this loses him the game. Yep. Fucking wild. Ted, you're a used car salesman. Uh-huh. You're There's just... several people that are like, Brian, you're a shady used yeah. car salesman. Like, and they, they go in on him. They're just like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I see you for who you are, and it's, you're shitty, and you're fake, and you're just a bad person. Yep. You sold me a bunch of lies, and I believed you. And Ted is, he he does that. He he goes in, and Clay, you're nothing more than an ignorant redneck Southern boy. <laughs> then asks him to define racism. Yeah. At which point you're like, ooh, this this is over. We don't need to we don't need a question here. And Clay defines it exactly how I would expect Clay to define it. It's when anyone of any race puts down somebody of another race, like, for be, for their race. Starts with white, black, pink, purple, like, oh, cool, so it's not institutional, it's... This uh, is some I-don't-see-color bullshit. If you don't drop the hard R N-word, then you're not racist in Clay's mind. <laughs> I want to know what Clay said so badly. Clay said something to Helen for Helen to go tell Ted this on the jury. What's interesting to me in this question is that he he kind of wraps it up with a Clay says it's it being unfair to other people and he's like were you unfair to me mm-hmm. and Clay is like no I don't think I was and Brian's like mm, yeah he kind of was <laughs> that's all you need that's all you need that's all you need BB. that Ted was the run was the one vote I got wrong because I didn't take into account the the racism question. Jan, did you pull your weight? Jan being a boomer, only caring about, like, did you work hard, son? Did you work hard enough? (laughs) Clay's like, yeah, I did. Brian gives good examples. Brian's like, I clammed. I tended the soup. I did things with you. I worked harder than him. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And Clay says, does Clay say anything? He just says, yeah, I worked hard. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was it. He does not give examples because he doesn't have any. That's true. Helen, neither one of you were man enough to tell me I was going. Clay, you are who I thought you were. Brian, you are the epitome of a used car salesman. Helen fucking goes in. This is, this is so much better than Sue in season one to me because Sue's felt like sour grapes for getting outplayed in something that was very like her and Kelly had had a confrontation uh-huh. like there was no secret as to what was going on this was a backstab from both of them and Clay even has a confession of like haha you gotta vote for one of us now like this is so much more deserved and Helen does a great job here yeah Helen continues on and talks to Brian a little bit more and Brian goes in on the sand bit where you were writing in the sand to Ted. That hurt me. And he he gets into, like, this, you betrayed me, 
by writing in the sand and like coming up with this scheme to go against me. And Helen's like, that's all hearsay. Like you didn't, I, I went with Why you. didn't you tell me that? Yeah. Yeah. Like we had an agreement that you would tell me like if you were voting against me and we didn't. She's like, yeah, I listened to him. I didn't vote for you. Yeah. And she's right. She yep. didn't vote for him. So Helen is completely in the right here. Yep. And Brian continues to use car salesman. Side note, hot take. Okay. Helen should have been an all-stars over Sue. I understand why. I talked about this when we were watching the episode. Uh-huh. I understand that you want season one and season two contestants because the game has changed so much uh-huh. between seasons one and seasons eight. It's going to keep changing by the time we get there. This is only season five. But Helen played a better game and was a better person than Sue. I would have much rather seen her go to All-Stars. That could change. I, we're going to see Sue in All-Stars. But with what we have of Season 1 and Season 5, I would much rather see Helen in All-Stars. I agree and I disagree. Because mm. I know the future. Sure. I know what things hold. Sure. And we need Sue in All-Stars. Fascinating. We just do. Okay. Th- throwing that out there. Helen continues on to ask, like, Clay... Explain how you contributed in three ways. And yeah, she's like, she's like, I want you to give three examples. He can't do it. This is such a softball question. Yep. Like, please, give me something to vote for you yep. over Brian. He just refuses. He can't do it. I did a little <laughs> bit every day. Well, can't, can't assumes that he tries. He outright refuses the premise of the question. He just goes, nope, I'm not going to answer that. Nothing I can say will satisfy you. Okay. Cool. Well, I guess... I know who... I guess I have to vote for Brian by default. Yeah. And then we vote. Fun fun little fact that's interesting that Helen screws up with the, the final vote. Because she's the last one to go and she puts in her vote and it's sticking out of the urn. <laughs> she wouldn't notice because it's, it's... It's facing us, it's yeah. It's camera side, but still. And then we get a super obvious camera quality cut. Oh my god, this camera quality cut. It goes from like... The normal amount of pixels to, like, four. Yeah. They they try to make, like, this, oh, smooth transition into, if you didn't know what was going on, haha, we're still there. You can't, you can't catch, and, like, honestly, they did a great job of costuming them and yeah. making them look like they were the same. Yep. But the camera quality gives a dead giveaway. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not even close. It's so funny. Maybe it's a lighting thing. I don't know. Maybe it's also like it. It seemed like this episode, like the back half of the episode, was pulled off of somebody's VHS. Like maybe it's an archival issue. But man, it looks horrible. <laughs> so Jeff's like, "Hey, thanks, jury, for some spirited questions." It's a nice way to put it, Jeff. Thank you. Through this episode and the reunion, we've already talked many times about how Jeff hates this season and hates Clay and Brian in particular. Uh Oh boy, is it so fucking obvious. Oh god, yeah. Holy shit. There is no hiding the animosity from Jeff. It's it's so queer and obvious. So let's just get to it. It's a four to three vote. Again. Again. And Brian wins. Is Ethan the only person that won that wasn't four to three so far? I think so. I think so too. I'm I'm pretty sure that that is the case. Wow. It's it's always been very close. Yeah. All right. 
at least for the first few seasons. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was uh, Helen, Jan, Jake, and Ted that vote for Brian, and Ken, Penny, uh-huh. and Aaron. Yeah. I couldn't remember whose name started with a P. So, all of Chewy Gone voted for Brian. Yes. Most of Suk Jai voted for Clay. Yep. Except for Jake, who is the one flipper who voted for Brian. I Wild. don't... I, I just... I knew it was coming, and I just don't care. <laughs> like, I'm just glad they're gone. Yeah. Do either of these guys come back, Steven? They do not. Thank God. No, neither of them come back. Like we said before, Clay died recently. He died at the age of, like, 62 or 66 or something like that. Just this year, in 2023, February of 2023, he died. From what I can tell, I don't think we saw a great look at who he was. Like, from articles and from obituaries and from people saying, like, he was great and he was thoughtful and he was very, um... People that have abhorrent views uh, can still be liked on a person-to-person basis. Yeah. Let me put it this way. He was a very generous person. Sure. And that he helped out his community. And for his, to his friends and family and the people that knew him in real life, condolences. To what I saw on the show... Yikes, man. From someone who owns two businesses in a local area, mm-hmm. you probably have the money to give away and to help people. Yeah. Which I think is something to be said about that. Sure. But also, he was pretty sexist. Yeah. And, and racist. apparently racist. Yeah. So, yeah. Brian. Brian is the puppy. Uh, puppy Strangler? Murderer. Of course he is. He didn't strangle the puppy. He shot the puppy. Oh, yeah, that's better. Yeah, hold on. Let me bring up the articles about Brian. Is Brian in jail? I don't think so anymore. I think... Anymore? I mean, he had to go to jail at some point. He was arrested for... I didn't know he was arrested. You yeah. say it like it was a matter of fact. Sorry. Does he come back? So he doesn't come back for Winners at War. They weren't like, all right, Brian, we need you. No, God, no, they're not bringing him back for Winners at War. At about 3 a.m., his wife called to report that he was outside and that he had shot a puppy that was on his property with an arrow. With an arrow? Yeah. That's so much harder. And planned to shoot another one. The puppy, a three to four month old tan and black shepherd hound mix, was reportedly shot below the rib cage and was not seriously injured. Jesus. Wow. An arrow has so much more malicious intent. Correct. That you have so much more time to think about what you're doing to shoot something with an arrow. He allegedly attempted to flee in his car, but was quickly caught and transported to jail. Wow. After he was apprehended, his wife at the time was also charged with spousal abuse for punching him. Jesus! Told deputies that in addition to shooting the puppy, he had also hit her approximately 10 days earlier. Yeah, so they get divorced. and Shocking. Yeah, I know. And yes, Heideck was released on bond. It's just, it's just, he's not a good person. Wow. He's not a good person. Making good use of that million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. He gets remarried. That's all I want to say. And he wears her skin as a coat? That's all I want to say. Brian's not a good person. I was hoping for more juicy details. 
We'll get to, I'm sure there are more in the emails. I'm sure there are. Do you want a quick recap of the reunion? Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the if you if you're gonna go back and watch the reunion, really you can stop watching after about like ten or fifteen minutes. That's where the most interesting stuff is. Basically, Jeff just is lambasting everyone for like, hey, why did you let this happen, guys? Why did you let them win? Like he basically tells Brian and Clay that they're bad at the game. He's straight up like. I mean, honestly, after watching you, I don't really know what makes a Survivor winner anymore. And I'm like, holy shit, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, he's right. But I want to ask you a question here. Mm -hmm. Brian is a prototype for what Survivor is in the future. Kind of. But he's doing it in a way that is not appealing. Kind kind of a prototype for the future. T okay, he's playing. That. He's playing too many sides of the fence, uh -huh. and in a season with even like three people with brain cells, he gets caught and voted out. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think he wins any season that doesn't Thailand. In a season where Jan isn't a space cadet who is a a self described robot during the last bit of the season, that's what she says in the reunion. She does. I I don't think Brian gets to the final two. Or if he does, it's by winning immunities and then he doesn't win. Sure. So, yes, but he's also really sloppy. Right? Like, sure, they didn't see all the sociopathic shit we saw, like sheep longing for their masters and shit, but they all knew he was a used car salesman, kind of uh -huh. greasy guy. Like, he just never seemed threatening to them. And then he was luckily the second least abhorrent person that could make it to the final two when he took the most abhorrent person with him. Yeah. In yeah. their eyes. And honestly, not a bad move. No. Any other things from the reunion you want to pull out? Um, the the Gandia and Ted thing was gross. Yeah. Yeah. The way Survivor dealt with that and Jeff dealt with that specifically. Oh, I will say Jeff is a better host of the reunion show than any of the other people. He's much more direct. Than Rosie O'Donnell? Oh, yep, much much better than Rosie O'Donnell. Than Brian Gumble? Much, much, much better than Brian Gumble. <laughs> much, 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 much better than Brian Gumble. Yeah, the way the way he handled the the Gandia the sexual assault on Gandia, rather, was really fucking gross. Yeah. Like bringing their families into it. Yep. And making it more of like a he said, she said, putting blame at the heat of Gandhi for encouraging it, quote unquote. The audience laughing. The at, audience laughing. It just, it all in all feels just real gross. And like, huge fucking props to Gandhi. Like, she, first of all, she internalized some incorrect lessons from that, I think. Not her fault, but she, she, she internalized some, some horrible shit. But also just like, to, to face that with such courage. Good on her. Yeah. One last thing. Did you notice the, uh, there was a coughing happening through most of the reunion? Yes. There was a, somebody coughing in, in the back. Yeah. And you couldn't really tell who it was. Yeah. You know what's really funny? What? It was... Was it Tanya? It was Tanya. Oh my God. That so poor girl. Funny. Yeah. Oh, and Rob looked like a douchebag. Rob did look great. Rob looked like he just got back from filming... Uh, Follow Boy's most recent album in 2003. Yes. He was an extra in the background. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. Cool. That's all I really want from the reunion. 
Yep. We were doing well. Do you want to do some emails before we Please. get out of here? Cool. Jumping where we left off, Julius sent us an email earlier, but then we had the second half that was about the finale I wanted to finish up with. Brian was asked for All-Stars, but he asked for too much money and production refused. Wow. So, God. things uh, could have been worse. Could have been worse. He was also considered for Heroes vs. Villains. What? But production was too repulsed by him. Good! Again, thank God, but he was, he is a villain. He would make a lot of sense for that show. There's a difference between villain and criminal. Imagine being too repulsive to be cast as a literal villain. <laughs> right? That's impressive, really. And so excited for us to move on to Amazon. Me too. After the darkness of Thailand, even though Amazon has some icky moments too, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. This season is, in my opinion, one of the most important of all time in terms of the evolution of Survivor strategy. This season? Thailand? No, the next season. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, so that's fun. Back to emails. Let's go... Yeah, we'll just do this. We'll do Tyra's email. I think Jared's a little hard on Jake, calling him a terrible player. While the post-merge game could have been better, obviously, I think he played a really solid, if not flashy, pre-merge game. Where even though we didn't see it take form, he was a part of what was clearly the majority alliance. Yes. Five on Tsuchai, as well as positioned in that alliance. So since he made it to the merge when the fake merge forced the alliance to turn on each other, and he was the only member of Tsuchai to make the merge without getting a vote against him, which is even more impressive considering he's the oldest player in a tribe full of young people, he could have easily been seen as an outcast and an easy person to pick up. I hear that, and I don't fully disagree. I do think the captain system of Thailand creates a weird bias where, like, it almost feels like you can't go after Jan or Jake early because they picked you, and, like, I don't think that's... In a season with maybe stronger contestants and a stronger premise, that wouldn't make such a big deal, but with such a flimsy cast, I think that I think that puts a thumb on the scale. I, I was referring to Jake's post-merge game sure. though and he gets called out for it in final tribal where they're like jake you made a deal with me you made a deal with him you made a deal with her like we you don't think we talk to each other and i'm like yeah clay's kind of got you here but you know what's wild though now that i'm thinking about it is the two captains of these tribes were each respectively the last voted out for their tribe yep so despite being put up in a position to fail they both did really well. Yeah. Or, I, I don't think it was a position to fail. I think it, was, I think it, it gave them uh, head of household status to use the, the show we don't talk about. Sure. Also something I've been meaning to bring up. Sheehan said on an episode of different podcast talking with T-Bird that Tanya helped convince her to come back for All Stars after she was originally hesitant to return. Oh, so wow. we can thank Tanya for getting another season of Sheehan. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Well, I'm in the camp that all Survivor is good Survivor since I really like the next two seasons uh, and always find all-star seasons fun. Look forward to seeing how you compare how they are on the returns to the original seasons and consider the season following all-stars to be a new era of Survivor. And I agree. I think post-all-stars Survivor is Survivor turning into a new thing. Hmm. Cool. So we'll get to that when we get to that. Thank you so much, Tyler. From Connor... Connor has two emails, so we'll get to both of them. 
I have a lot of thoughts on this season as it winds down. I'll share some insider info when appropriate. The season is regarded as one of the worst of the first 20 seasons, so it can't get much worse. The season has one soft spot in my heart and not for most of other people, but it was my first live viewing of a full season. I was mm. 10 and I'm now 30. My thoughts are still that I despise Clay in the game on both watches. Ted feels worse. Helen's still great. Jan is a, a pure soul. The only thing about Jan is that apparently she was very hard to talk game. So Yeah, that comes through. So Jake trying to flip the, the women and turn on the guys would have been incredibly difficult. And we see that. Yep. We, we yeah, see that so hard. In the fucking reunion, Jan's like, well, no one talked to me. And Helen's like, yes, I did. <laughs> you were there. Yeah. <laughs> And you could see her, like, flipping through her mind, like, oh, God, I think I was. <laughs> oh, God, you might, you're probably right. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot. Yeah. I was crying over a bat. And then there's Brian the sociopath. He always fascinated me, but not in a good way, but in a game perspective. My question is, why do you guys think he's everyone's number one? In Chewy Gone, and everyone is laying down their game for him. I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think, right... Is we get this anecdote during, I can't remember his final tribal or reunion, where Helen is boiling water and Brian like offers a help and Helen says no. And Brian like comes up to her and whispers in her ear like, if we don't do it, no one's going to. That is something people that are manipulators are really, really good at. Is finding your soft spot uh-huh. and pretending like they are the only ones that see you. Uh-huh. And so if each of them individually see Brian as this person, we see why Helen, why Helen thought that Brian saw him. Brian yep. identified that, okay, this is someone that their work ethic is the most important thing to them. Whether he could articulate that consciously or subconsciously, he found his in and he used it. And then once he had it, he locked that person in and kept them on that chain. He did that for Ted by being like, hey, nothing happened. I believe you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I ended that for Clay by being like, you're my number one. It's you and me scheming against the world. And I don't know how, Jan, he probably was just like, animals. I don't know. Who knows what the fuck he did with Jan. But like, it is really easy when you are somebody that is that sociopathic to fabricate a bond. And since we as humans are made to believe each other and to form these connections that when somebody falls outside of that mold, when somebody can turn off that part of them, as I suspect from watching this season that Brian can, that is a superpower. Not a good one. Yeah. But that is a superpower. I, I will give him credit that the, the sociopathic tendencies did help him in a way that he played a game in a way no one had expected. He played both sides on pretty much everything Mm -hmm. he he did he made everyone comfortable and made them feel like they were in on it every single time and that's why his final tribal he wins so it works well enough but that's why his final tribal is kind of a disaster because he can't manipulate those people one-on-one anymore correct he has an audience yeah and he has to keep all of those different personalities he's formed to connect with those people one-on-one he has to keep the work ethic personality up for helen he has to keep the bro, I've got you, nothing bad's gonna happen to you personality with Ted. He has to, like, he has to keep, and you can tell, like, he hasn't formed one with Penny. He hasn't created a personality with Penny, and he's trying to form one on the spot. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. 
His wires got a little crossed. Oh, yes. <laughs> the second email from Connor. I think Brian plays a top five winning game for a one-time player. Not the greatest by any means. That's insane. I, l I love the take, though. No, give it to me, Connor. He I don't even believe he plays a top five season, and I've only seen five seasons. He invented the GOAT strategy and more. His social game needs a ton of work, but on the island, the majority respected him. <sighs> My question is two-part. Do you think Brian's game can lead him to winning again if he returned? I think we both can pretty... No, especially now that people have seen who he is, right? Like, everyone who voted in that final tribal saw that saw the season and was like, oh, God, that's who I voted for? Like, yeah. And if he, if he ever had become a attorney, everyone's seen him. Yeah. And Connor goes on to be like, taking out what happened in his personal life, I don't think Brian or Brian's game can ever win again. He's ruthless and strategically does... Uh, like, good things, but socially it's just not there. There is a level of being too ruthless. That's fair. Right? Like, honestly, the way he cut out Ted probably should have lost him the game. Yeah. I mean, fuck Ted. That's the thing. Brian wins because he is a monster on a season that favored him so much. Like, and a lot of the things that made Brian win had nothing to do with Brian. The early, like, the non-merge merge... Like, that had nothing to do with Brian, but that gave Chewygon the numbers. The fact that Chewygon had the numbers going in, sure, Brian had some control of that by, mm -hmm. he was obviously, does really well on the challenge. He's a bit of a challenge beast, but doesn't unilaterally, like, that's not a strategy thing. He just, maybe, you know, you call that like 60-40. 60% okay. him, 40% the game. All right. Because you got, you control who you're competing up against, Right. And the fact that other people on this show, other people on this season didn't like rally to beat him. Remember, they picked their tribes. This wasn't the show putting them on tribes. Correct. Imagine Brian on Sukjai. I don't think he wins the game. Oh no, I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't even think if Sukjai came in with the power position, like if you just if you gave them one extra person, like I don't think Brian wins the game. I think he could have been the Jed. Yeah. Like he could have been easily the one that was like trying to either be the power position or just be kind of weird off on his own. And, like, I think that tribe would see through it in a much different way. You think in a final five of Jake, Aaron, Penny, Ken, and Brian, that Brian comes out ahead? Like, I don't. I might, because I can see how he manipulated Jake into thinking that he could maybe make a move with them. Maybe. Like, I think Ken, I think Ken and Ninja Power would rip him apart. That's fair. Second part of this is, do you think how Jake got treated by Clay led to Brian's win? And I yes. think, I feel like this one's a slam dunk. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Especially with a 4-3 split. Yep. Any single move could have made anybody win. Yep. Like, 100%. That's all it took to flip that vote. It probably flipped Jan's vote too. Yeah. Because Jan was on the, what did you do around camp? Like, track. Okay. Josh sends up some good finale email stuff. Helen and Jan met up recently. It's a cute little picture of the two of them, if you want to see that. Oh, that's cute. It is cute. Love that. Found an article about Clay's death. We have Brian's version of the puppy incident. Oh. Which, there's both a YouTube and a, a Today.com article. Anytime that something in your life is described as the puppy incident, you've gone down a dark path. Yeah. 
Oh god, it's actually him. Like I think this is him in the corner here. Oh god, he looks like shit. Yeah. I'm we're we're not going to watch this just for sake of time, but if if you want to watch that later, you can do that. And then this happened a few days before the finale. Oh, that's the the spousal abuse, the hitting him. Jesus. So yeah, just a lot of a lot of disaster happened. Red flags life. galore. Yeah. Just oof. Thank you for all that information. And they had a, a Zoom reunion last year, so you can see what people looked like. You can kind of take a look at that. Yeah, so there's Brian there. Who is this? I don't know who that is. That might be a fan. Oh. Because it doesn't look like everybody is here. It looks like... Yeah. I noticed Ted's not there. That is true. There is no Ted. There is a Gandhi, though. <laughs> yeah, Rob's even there. No, she ain't either. Huh. Weird. And final thing from Josh. People who were actually watching at the time could give you a better understanding of what it was like, but to my knowledge, it was mixed reactions. The only thing I'd say is that CBS will never remove a contestant from any of their shows unless they are forced to against their will. Mm. They will never admit fault for casting someone who turns out more unstable than they anticipated. If they are forced to remove someone, they will often try to cover it up or make it look like that person quit of their own accord rather than being removed. Okay, of those three points, the middle one's the only one that isn't kind of disgusting. Like, I can understand them not being, like, you interview somebody, they show you one thing, they get on the show, they do something else. It's not your fault. I, it's not your fault that somebody misrepresented themselves. Uh-huh. But not wanting to remove them and then trying to cover it up if you do, fucking yikes, man. Yeah. And I agree to a point here. Mm. In that, yes, CBS and the producers don't want to have a hand in who's going home. Well, I mean, of course, to a certain level, right? Like, they want the drama on TV. They want it there, and they want it to happen in this contained environment. Mm -hmm. However, I know that that's not true because I know that production steps in, and I know that things happen where people get booted Mm. for fucking up. I will say, having watched 42, there's somebody who goes home for a medical reason on the very first episode— because of a, a medication they didn't disclose. And they're really upfront about it. Yeah. Like, they are very much like, okay, this is why... They, like, they have a conversation with, with them one-on-one, and it seems very transparent. So I wonder if that has changed over the years as well. It definitely has. And I we'll, we'll watch it grow, and we'll watch it change. But sure. I think just in the last 10 years, or even the last five years, the world has changed... And we want, we, we are putting more pressure on major companies to do the right thing. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing and we need to hold them to some sort of accountability. What a hot take. I know, right? It shouldn't be. <laughs> Last email from Carl. Oh, this is an 11 slash 12 email. I probably should have read this first, but here we are. Carl, I actually like this episode. It seems I have a much higher tolerance for this season than most people. That's fair. On Clay, I think the reason I find him more entertaining than annoying is because the show doesn't really treat him seriously. That is true. Everyone is shown talking mad shit about him and saying that he can't win. If he was treated as like a hero or whatever, I probably wouldn't feel differently. Yeah, what would the edit be like if Clay had won? I don't know. I honestly don't <laughs> Maybe know. Maybe it wouldn't have that much different, right? Because I don't know. They obviously know who wins when they do the edit, but they're trying not to give it away either. I think they would have to double down on Brian being a villain. 
It's easy to do. It really is. Didn't mind the NYC cop bashing at all. I just thought it was interesting that in 2002 they included it. Yeah. Yeah. Notes, love how soon as Helen sees her husband, she turns into a baboon. It's great. Yeah. And I wish I could find the gift, but I love the way the camera zooms in on Helen as she barks orders at her husband. And there's a picture involved if you want to lean in with that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a I love that scene. Yeah. Speaking of the two towers premiering, I'm pretty sure that's the face that Saruman made when he threw Gandalf <laughs> into the ceiling. <laughs> Beautiful. That's funny. Not a fan of Ted's brother Ted's brother's rat tail goatee. That's yeah, pretty gross. Yeah. That's that's something. An aggro Jeff quote I like. For the losers, nothing. Not a kiss, not a hug, not a handshake. You will sit and watch as your loved one turns their back on you and leaves you wallowing in a pit of helpless despair. I think we expounded a little bit, but still. Yeah. Yearning for an aberration of the love that will never come. <laughs> and a horny clay quote. Oh, she got it going now. Got it going on? It has to be going on. Oh, she got it going on. As Brian's wife does her little thumbs out dance. It don't have really much to add. Just say, I really appreciate the Thai music that they add into the background in a lot of scenes. Yeah. I especially noticed it when Helen and her husband were in the boat. The, the sound design and the cinematography of this season stand out as good. I agree. And that's the end of the list. Okay. <laughs> of what is good. That's the end of our emails. So now we move on to the most important segment that I already know the answer to. Five. Cool. Fucking bottom. So if you're joining us for the first time at the end of a season, we have a ranking going on of the seasons. Jared is ranking his favorites. So on a, on a from a one to five, we're putting it at the bottom. It's the fucking bottom. I thought nothing could get worse than Africa for a while. And yet here we are. Yet here we are. Yeah, I mean, even without the sexual assault, which is quite a sentence, just have to say, <laughs> this season is a disaster. If this cast had been in Africa with the situation that Africa had going on, was that the end of Survivor? <laughs> like, you can make up these hypotheticals of, like, was that the end of Survivor? And probably not, because they stopped beating that dead horse when, the, you know, when it stops printing out money. But... Would it have kept printing out money if this was the cast for season three? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. Who so, tunes in for a season four at that point? So our rankings as they stand right now through five seasons. Marquesas at number one. Borneo number two. Australian Outback number three. Africa number four. And Thailand number five. Wow. Does that still ring true to you? Yeah, no, it certainly does. Okay. I think I'm going to get some flack eventually for having Marquesas over Borneo. Probably. But it's a better season. Borneo is is cloaked in nostalgia, but it's uh, it's not a good season of Survivor. It's a good season of TV, and it it is like it is the grandfather season. So like, of course, it's uh-huh. hard to talk about with anything but reverence. But Richard Hatch was playing against a bunch of baboons. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I I can't argue here. <laughs> yeah, and like you might get some flack for that, but I I see this as a very defendable list. And so far, our winners still very diverse. Yeah. We have a gay man, a an older woman, a Jewish man, a woman of color. And an inmate. And an, and an inmate slash psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're five seasons down. Good for us. 
Good for us. Bad for the show. Good for... Good for everyone involved. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode and this season of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Jared, we're here. We made it. How you feel? Uh, Other than tired. I really hope this next season is a good season. Mm. I'm excited to talk about people that I like watching on TV. Sure. I've enjoyed, I've said it many times, I've enjoyed podcasting about this season, but I'm not going to lie, these last couple episodes have been fucking tough to get through, man. Well, then let's hope for something that is much more enjoyable to watch. Agreed. We haven't talked about this since the last time we talked about it on Mike. Are we going to do a bonus episode that is ranking all the different aspects of Survivor? Describe that for me. Winners, casts in general, immunity idols, tribal council sets. Hold, hold that thought. Okay. Short answer, yes. Okay. Long answer is, I have a plan. Oh, okay. So, hold on to that thought. Okay. For those of you who want us to rank things, anything we've seen before, send us ideas. <laughs> Rank every single player from season one to five. Send us ideas. There is no wrong answer. We probably won't do all of them, but send them in. I have a list going, and I have a reason to do it in the future. So hell yeah, hold on to that. Anything you'd like to promote? I've done it many times. I'm gonna keep doing it till I die. Disco fucking Elysium. Oh my god. Play that goddamn game. Cool. I'm playing another playthrough right now where I'm playing an unhinged, alcoholic, sociopathic fascist. And, man, it is fun. So you're role-playing? Fuck off. <laughs> the game does not... The, the game does not take that kind of shit. Like, it, the options are there for you to do that, but people in the world are like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Okay. Great. Cool. Mr. Ev- Mr. Everett's helped me find my gun. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to promote, one, not being sick. Would really appreciate that. Two, if you have the time and you're still hanging out with us, feel free to rate us. Like Yes, please. Rate us, share us with people. I just did a little scroll through on the ratings, and people have been. Not everybody has been. There's like, there's a, there's a few. We know who you are. Uh, well, if you haven't. I do. We do not. We don't know who you are. Yes, we do. We would appreciate you. We'll Except for that. You. I'm there right now. Except for that one person who ranked us a three. <gasps> Fuck you. Is that true? There was one person who ranked <gasps> us a three. But that is the one non-five star. Oh? No, no, no. I'm here for it. It gives us legitimacy. That's fair. Because if you're just all five stars, no, nothing that's all five stars is real. That's true. We have legitimacy now. That's go, fair. Go and rate us. Rate us. Don't give us a bad... If you don't like us, don't give us a bad review. Write us hate mail. Sure. It will make me stronger. <laughs> and that's what we need. A stronger Jared. He cannot be stopped. In Total War Warhammer 3, every time you vassalize somebody as Kolek, he grows 1% in size. I vassalized like 15 people in my campaign with Ethan, and so he's just a large boy running around. <laughs> Big old boy. Every hate mail we get makes me 1% larger. That's terrifying. <laughs> For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. 1% louder. Goodbye.
You don't want me to be louder. Bye-bye. Bye-bye!